coming at you from the Steel City. You're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Woo! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Poor Man's Podcast, Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP. Sports Guy JP, fantastic to talk with you after a week off. Yeah, it's good to be back in the saddle. We're just going to do what the Steelers did last week and bury the film on the show and on Kansas City. So it's good good to move on and have that short memory. Yeah, definitely. We're going to get back into it, take a little holiday break, and fantastic to uh, be back for everybody. Uh, Last night, pretty big game, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Definitely clutched the end of the year to pick up a divisional victory. And uh, Steelers are still in contention for the playoffs as we speak. Yeah, I I thought going into it uh, like two weeks ago, if they won, uh, I guess they would have had to have beaten Kansas City. But I thought when when I heard that they needed help, I was like, oh, well, maybe they can get it. And then I heard that it's Jacksonville against Indianapolis. And uh, the extra help seems a whole lot extra. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's good just to, uh, you, you know, I think after coming off Kansas City, the win against uh, Cleveland is put them in good shape. I, I like their chances against Baltimore, too. It's just I don't think they're going to get the help that they need to get in. No. So going into this season, I mean, next week we're going to assume they are what right now, 8-7-1? and one? Yes. Okay. Going into the season, I actually went back and listened to when uh, you were on uh, the normal poor, poor man's podcast. Uh, everybody, go back and listen to that one as well. But uh, we were we were guessing what we thought we were going to get uh, record wise from the Steelers, and we both said somewhere around eight or nine wins. Um, we didn't factor in the tie, obviously. But here I'm gonna I have a clip actually from uh, us talking about the Steelers going into it. So eight and a half. Um, that's interesting because I know a lot of the Yinzer crowd likes to cater to the never losing season for Tomlin. He's uh, had three eight and eight seasons, and everything else has been above that. So, looking at it from that perspective, that's kind of difficult. But as I was diving into their schedule, I think best case scenario, and I went game by game, and there's I think about five games on our schedule where I don't think it's a clear win or loss. It could go either way. And I gave them the benefit of the doubt and put them at four and one for argument's sake. And they still came out 10 and seven. I don't think that's where I would put them. I would say eight to nine though. Exactly. Vegas has this right on the money. Yeah. There you have it. There you have it. Everybody JP calling into the season. So best case scenario or worst case scenario, they will be an eight or nine win team. Yeah, and it's so, it's like the perfect ending to the whole Yinzers that I said who love that never had a losing season, that they get the one tie and they'll go 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one on a 17-game schedule. <laughs> and, well, you know what? That is kind of, it's it's so strange because going into it, I was, I kept saying, like, they're, they're a 500 team, they're a 500 team, but they're not going to go 500, so you have to go one or the other. If they go 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, that's, uh, that's about as close to 500. If yeah, not yeah, yeah, I mean, it's right down the middle, and the, and the one tie against the Lions is going to send them to that 500 mark. I know. Well, you know what? The tie against the Lions is going to be what ends up holding them out of the playoffs. 
Yeah, I mean, it also benefits them in a way. Um, I mean, they, they tie anyone with the win-loss record. They're going to have the edge on it, which is nice. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they could even hop the Colts, even if they would have had this victory. I, I would have liked to have them to just have the win so we didn't have the tiebreaker for the win. They just had the next win. You know what I right. mean? And now, um, I mean, looking back, they uh, the Steelers every single year, when they go down to it and they, they have that stretch, like, oh, if they get helped out and they'll make the playoffs or whatever. There's like it's like the Raiders every year or this year with Detroit. There's always a team or two that they should have just beaten. Yeah, and it's, it's typical Steelers always playing their level of competition, winning a couple games that they shouldn't have and losing a few games that they definitely should have won. Um, right now, they're an eight percent chance to make the playoffs, so things aren't really looking so good. With the way that uh, Jacksonville's played all year, I'm surprised that eight percent is where they're at. Yeah, so Jacksonville is not only the worst team in the league, but they're the team that, um, you know, Steelers not only have to beat a divisional opponent, but they also need uh, Jacksonville to pull out a win. Didn't they just lose by 40 points or so? Yeah, 50 to 10 to New England. <laughs> yeah, and it's the first time uh, Trevor Lawrence threw a touchdown in weeks. So Yeah. Uh, he still hasn't thrown multiple since week one, though. Well, hopefully next year is better. It can't be much worse for that. And it's a bad situation for him. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of another young quarterback, though, with Joe Burrow, uh, the Bengals are looking good, and not a lot of people going into this season thought they were going to be super good. Uh, I thought they'd be improved, but I didn't think they'd be that much improved. And I only say that because I want to mention another clip because when I went back to find the 8-8 eight eight thing, I found this one. So, JP, give this one a listen. Another guess and uh, an egghead prediction in it as well. Uh, I know the Bengals sucked for the last couple of years, but Joe Burrow is going to be a stud as well for the next couple of years. So watch him. He's on the incline. I think the Steelers are still better than the Bengals right now. Um, I think the Bengals are better than people are going to think. I think the Ravens aren't as good as a lot of people think. I agree with that. The Ravens might be last in the division this year. Oh, I don't know about that. Ah, we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I mean, I I'm not I'm not saying for sure, but no, we like it. We like a big. We like, like a hot take by the Egghead. Yes. Uh, well, there's things I like about Cleveland. Things I don't like. I still like Baltimore. How do you like Baker Mayfield? I don't like Baker necessarily. Do you think He's, he can win a Super Bowl? No. I wanted to make sure we had that, that, that extra Baker Mayfield comment at the end, too. Why did you cut out the clip where I said Robert Quinn was going to edge in on 20 sacks? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> you definitely called that, but that was off the air. I'm sorry. That's why you always keep the mics on. I know. I, I said uh, Jalen Hurts, playoffs, and all of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it did not make the air. But, yeah, so Bengals are looking Bengals are looking pretty good right now, I think. Yeah, I think Bengals uh, wrapping up the um, AFC North already with a week to spare. Um, They're going to be a tough team. I just want to see more consistency in their play because some games, you know, they're like a better Chargers. Like they have all the talent in the world, but sometimes they just, they don't click. And it seems like there's never like a real answer for it. I Um, did not want to see the Bengals win last week because like... Like you, uh, you recommended. I, I took the Chiefs to be the number one overall seed, and with that loss, the Titans are now the number one seed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's what happens, and like I, I couldn't believe the play I saw out of you know Cincy and Joe Burrow in particular. He's gone um, fir- first quarterback in league history to throw back to back weeks with zero interceptions and four touchdowns in each game. He almost um, threw, also for threw for over nine hundred yards. Yeah. 
That, um, J- Jamar Chase also coming off a monster game, and in doing that, he passed uh, Justin Jefferson, ironically their college teammate, in uh, receiving yards in a rookie season. I don't understand how anyone could have competed with that LSU offense right now, looking at how they all are in the pros. Yeah, uh, both those wide outs and Clyde Edwards-Alaire at running back and uh, Randy Moss's kid was the tight end. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, just show, I mean, Burrow threw like, what, 60 touchdowns? I mean, it's the best college season ever for a quarterback, in my opinion. I'll have to go back and look at the numbers. But, yeah, that's, that's such an explosive team. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I mean, that, that victory is going to cause uh, t- Tennessee to get the bye. And qu- quite frankly, I think Tennessee and Green Bay are the two teams that need the bye week more than any other team. In the NFL. Uh, d- is there a timetable on Derrick Henry's return? Uh, I heard he could. Well, they were pushing initially six to ten weeks, and they said that maybe he could play the final week. Um, that seems to be where he's on pace. Um, I would not play him this week. Oh, definitely not. That's why I'm saying Tennessee maybe more than any other team could use a bye week have him rest up, not have to rush him back. And can you imagine going in with a fresh Derrick Henry? Yeah, I wanted to mention that too. Like, you just get a fresh guy who hasn't taken, you know, any hits recently. He's still in the top 10 in rushing yards. I mean, he's just... <laughs> That's yeah. insane. Yeah, he has over 900. Like, it's incredible. He almost had a 1,000-yard season, which is rare in today's NFL, the passing-friendly league, yet alone he did it in half a year. Like, that, that is... You could argue that's more impressive than the O.J. Simpson year where he had... Uh, 2014 games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, well, going or, back. Or, or Jerry Rice's 22 touchdowns in a 12 game season. Yeah. Well, there's, we were talking about that before the show about just some of these wide receivers this year who are having incredible years. Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. And, um, two, even, uh, AJ Green and Julio Jones, both those guys should be back too for Tennessee. Um, AJ Green's a different, or AJ Brown, I'm sorry. AJ Brown's a difference maker. Um, Julio is a little bit past his prime, but if you get all three of those guys not only, you know, back from injury, but they're also fresh and can go at 100%, Tennessee could be a team that I think would be a big boomer bust team come along playoff time if Derrick Henry's good to go. Yeah. I, 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 I'm interested to see how, how Tennessee does. Yeah, and I, I like Green Bay in the NFC to get that by. I mean, they clinched it, but, I mean, they meet, they need that by, I think, more than any other team. When you look at the playoff picture now, I mean, there's the Rams, Bucks, 49ers, Cardinals, Cowboys. These are all warm-weather teams. They're going to have to travel to Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. It's, it's going to be a tough matchup, I think, and I think heading to Lambeau during playoff time is a different atmosphere compared to any other stadium in the NFL. What, as of right now, and I we know it's early and there's still some room for movement, who are you looking at in the AFC and the NFC Championship game? Uh, I still like Packers and Bucks from last year. Um, I just don't bet against Brady, I, and I think the Packers are the best team in the NFL. So far, they've been the most consistent team. Um, Aaron and uh, Devontae are just playing at a level. It's Peyton and Marvin. like They're just on the same page, and I saw it um, this past week. Devontae is running routes, not even looking back to the ball until the second Rodgers puts it there. Like, it's impossible for a D-back to watch the, the ball when he's watching the receiver. Devontae's not given any body language that's hinting he's turning around or breaking on a route, and Rodgers is putting it on the money. I think that is a matchup nightmare for everybody, and what they do with their running backs is incredible. 
um, in the pass game and run game. They're getting Jar Alexander and David Bakhtiari back. They expect to play their starters this week, even though they clinched the one seed. But I think it's good to get those guys just uh, football ready. You don't want to get rusty. So I like Green Bay, and I think Tampa's going to be the team that meets them with um, – I'm expecting Leonard Fournette to be back for the playoffs. Um, Mike Evans already came back. Um, and I think just when it comes to playoff time, um, Tom Brady is going to be someone to, I mean, keep your eye out on. I mean, we all have seen what he's done in his career. He has doubled the playoff wins as Joe Montana, who's second all time. So I think Bucks and Packers have to be, you know, your favorites of the NFC. A- AFC-wise, you, uh, JP, like before, you, before you go too much further, while we're always talking about Tomlin not having a losing season, it's uh, we should mention Matt Lafleur now, uh, the first coach within the first three seasons to have thirteen wins each time. I think. Yeah, if you want to talk about not having a losing season, that's the way to do it: is to win thirteen and three, go thirteen and three every year, rather than eight and eight. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, he's he's done a great job ever since taking over. I was hesitant at first because it seemed like there was a span where it was. If you're a young coach, you know Sean McVay, then you're getting the job no matter what. Um, yeah. But I, I think I think Lafleur has done the best job out of all the young coaches since you know being hired. Yeah, for sure. So get back to who are you expecting out of the AFC? AFC, I definitely like the Chiefs as a walk in the title game, and AFC is very tough for that second spot because I could see any of these other teams doing it. Bengals are red hot. Colts have been hot all year up until last week they lost. But during that stretch, they've been the best team in football. Patriots had a span where they've been incredible. But I don't really like uh, a rookie quarterback in the playoffs. Um, but Buffalo's still there with uh, their knockout punch with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. And then uh, Chargers and Titans are in there. But I don't like them to go necessarily the whole way. Um, Chiefs, and honestly, it's an open field. But if I had to give you somebody, um, I think as of today... I don't know. There's something about the Colts that I'm liking, even though they could easily miss. Yeah, there. I I agree. There is something different with the Colts right now, and and uh, Taylor's an absolute monster. Mm-hmm. I, I just like the way they're they're playing defense. And but um, do you really think that? Uh, I mean, going into the playoffs, if it was to end today, Tennessee would have a bye. You think Tennessee loses their first playoff game and doesn't make it to the championship, right? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. so Chargers are the current seven seed. I think if the Chargers somehow upset the Chiefs and are first to play Tennessee, L.A. could beat Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see anybody beating Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, I could see Tennessee going out and just being crapped on, or I could see them win a 12-10 to 10 game. I mean, even the past couple of years, playoff football has been so even. All the games, anyone can beat anybody, I think more so in today's NFL than any other year. I mean, look at, like, you know, Denver and some of these other teams who are going to finish last in their division with seven wins. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's it's remarkable. It really is. Yeah, other than, I mean, it seems like there are less completely garbage teams. There's more, like, middle-of-the-pack teams with no real great teams. Maybe, you know, the Packers are looking good now. Um, but, you know, anyone can definitely be beaten. Yeah, I mean, the Saints took them to the house in week one. I mean, you, you just never know. Saints have dominated Rodgers and Brady. You just never know. Yeah, the the playoffs can be a different animal. Um, so, I well, I guess we haven't really talked much about the Steelers going in next week with Baltimore. I mean, we you said you like a win. Is uh, Lamar Jackson expected to play? Do you know? 
No, I think they shut him down because of the ankle. Um, I think Tyler Huntley's filled in pretty nicely under center. Um, and I think he's capable of getting a W. I just, I, I like the Steelers better this week. Yeah, I, I like, do you like Watt to, to set the record? Well, it's possible. He set uh, three and a half sacks the first time he played Baltimore. Um, he has a history of, you know, going against Villanueva in practice. And he's declined this season in Baltimore. I think, uh, if there's a team he could do it against, it's Baltimore with um, I mean, they don't have Lamar Jackson, who's not... I mean, Huntley's mobile, but not as explosive as Jackson. Um, and uh, Watt got three and a half on uh, Lamar the first time they played. But I, I, he needs one and a half. It's tough to do, but if anyone can do it, it's him. Um, I was impressed with what he did against Cleveland this past week, in particular. Well, we were saying a couple weeks ago, actually, before we, we took the Christmas break or whatever... Um, when he had three games left and he needed to get, what, six sacks at that point. And we were like, yeah, it's definitely doable. And then you see him get four in a game. Like, there's, there's no reason. Yeah, I, I said I, I thought it was he would have to go crazy and do it, but he could do it. And just looked, if I had to put money on it right now, I think he does get a, a sack or two. Yeah, I, I think he can. You know, I'm, I'm going to say... Yes, I, I'm going to say he's going to do it. I think if the game was over and he didn't get it, I would be disappointed more than I would be like, like I almost expect him to do it now. Yeah, and it's, um, even Cooper Cup came out today and six, he's on, he could set some records too. Um, he said that he thinks he's a little disappointed in setting a record of 17 games in a year, which were like understandable, but it, I mean, that's how it's going to be. The league's going to evolve to 18 games eventually. All these records will be broken. Right. Um, I'm I'm sure for when they went to 16 games, you know, for the first three years, people said something, and now nobody talks about it. Right. But the thing I was going to say is T.J. Watt missed two games too, so he's doing it in 15 games. Oh, right. I saw something. They had Strahan and Gastineau and uh, everybody else, Jared Allen. Uh, mm-hmm. There's one other guy uh, from the Chiefs, Justin Houston, I think. Uh, those were the guys with 22 sacks, and they all had 16 games. And then it had T.J. Watt with 21 and a half in 14 games. Mm-hmm. And he, he too, um, he's about to become the eighth player in NFL history um, to, to, to join a group of guys to lead the league in sacks twice. Oh, wow. And Yeah, and J.J.'s on that list, too. No one's ever done it three times, but, yeah, he's going to join that group of eight. Well, that I mean... That is the thing, though. If he can stay healthy, he's the most dominant player on on defense right now. That's unless Robert Quinn goes off and you know gets twenty two and a half himself, which I may have predicted. I'll let you know next <laughs> week. How many does he have right now? <laughs> he has eighteen. He led the league heading into the Steeler game. Oh <laughs> wow! Which is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Can you imagine leading it and then being down three like the week the last week of the season? Yeah. <laughs> uh I'm sure he's just taking what he can get now, though. Yeah, I mean, what's the? I mean, Khalil Mack's been banged up. Well, why bring him back? Looks like they found their pass rusher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he can stay on that pace, that uh, I mean, that's a that's that's a lot he's of sacks like in a season, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's uh he's almost like the uh, oh I can't remember who it is. Uh, that's an awful reference because I can't remember the name. Anyway, we'll get back to that. But that's the <laughs> that's kind of the thing, like. Uh, if you're going to complain about it with the extra game and he has one last, I mean, being healthy is part of it, kind of. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and also, um, Brett Favre gave him the 21st and a half sack. So yeah. he really has 20 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so like, let, let, let's be honest about something here. All right, JP. <laughs> so let's get into some other stuff. I mean, that was obviously Big Ben's last game in Field, probably. I was I was thinking going into it before that that he would do like the Brett Favre thing, like retire, but then like way back and forth. And then when I saw him being interviewed after the game, I kind of thought, ah, eh, he looks like he might be done. Yeah, I I feel like I think done. he's like mentally ready now. Yeah, and physically. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, oh, he, I he, think he was physically ready two years ago. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he's never been like a guy who struck me as like passionate about the game like i feel like he like or he at least shows his passion a different way than a lot of guys he uh i think the media has done a job like they should have portrayed him as a better quarterback when you look at his career um he's just always been overlooked um but at this point of his career plays obviously declined um they can still win some football games but i think it's time for the organization to move on find someone new and it's time for him to retire it's not you know, I'm I'm happy he's not uh really burning out or fading away. It's it's kind of what you expect from a quarterback this age, this state, at this point of his career, unless you're, you know, Brady or Rodgers or somebody. Yeah, he's actually, I mean, lasted longer than every every other guy drafted with him, right? With I mean, Rivers and and, and Eli Manning, right? And yeah, Schaub and J.P. Lossman. Yeah, you look at <laughs> I mean, he out he outlasted Lossman by about fifteen seasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, J.P. Lossman, the one quarterback in the class to never do anything. <laughs> no, um, That might yeah, be one of the best draft draft classes, like, from, from some of those early picks because they keep showing guys, like, uh, I, I saw something earlier about where uh, Roethlisberger could have been drafted if he went to the Browns or the Lions. Who, you, know, you know, the Browns, so Kellen Winslow Jr., or the, the Lions, you know, wasted their pick on probably some receiver. I can't remember. Yeah, Mike Williams, maybe, and maybe that year. But yeah, there. But there were good guys. There was like you know, Sean Taylor was drafted that year. Yeah, Larry, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, obviously Eli and uh, Philip Rivers are good. Yeah, and the Raiders took Robert Gallery number two. <laughs> well, he didn't pan out, but there there are definitely some some Hall of Famers from that draft class. Yeah, yeah, and ben, Ben's got to be the quarterback from the class. I mean, like if you look at what he's is he the best of the three? Yeah, e- e- easily. I think so. I think easily because Philip Rivers has the stats, not the ring. Eli has the rings, but not the stats. And Ben has both. Yeah, I agree. And I think they were just better. I think when Eli kind of faded off, he went off hard. He went off people hard. forget Eli Manning sucked for like, like a long time too. Like he was like good when he won Super Bowls, but Eli Manning had just as many bad years. Yeah, he he only made the playoffs. I believe. I think he made the playoffs one other time in his career besides the Super Bowl rings, one or two. Yeah. Well, I guess he's efficient when he gets there. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Eli kind of faded. Uh, Rivers was so productive. The Colts made the playoffs when he was there, but he switched teams. And I, I think that kind of g- goes a long way for Ben and Eli for staying with one team all this long. And Ben didn't, you know, fade away the way Eli did. Yeah. All right. Um, But you wanted to talk a little bit about Ben Roethlisberger in general? Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, like, um, throughout his career, I mean, like, it's kind of a personal uh, retirement for me because, like, the first season I watched football, 
was Roethlisberger's rookie season. Like, I, I remember the first time watching football for me was, um, you know, I saw the end of Maddox against Baltimore last week of the season when they lost 13 to 10. And, you know, I, that was definitely my um, introduction to the NFL. Patriots wanted to win the Super Bowl that year. <laughs> and then the Steelers drafted Roethlisberger, and that's the first full season I watched. So for me, it's like, I mean, this is what I know as far as Steelers football go. Like, he's always been under center. And, you know, for me, it's just going to be, you know, I don't know what to expect because they haven't had a franchise quarterback from Bradshaw to Ben. And even, you know, I, I was young, so the idea of, you know, Jerome Bettis winning Super Bowl to go out on top of a rookie quarterback um, and, or second-year quarterback promising after his rookie year to get him there, like, that to me was normal. And it's like looking back on it, like that's an incredible story that no one seems to cover. Yeah. Yeah. I think Steeler fans, and I think they do realize maybe how lucky they are that, or, you know, that the Steelers were relevant and they had such a good, because those franchise quarterbacks do not grow on trees. Ask Jacksonville, ask Cleveland, ask the, you know, mm-hmm. ask a lot of teams, ask the Jets recently. Yeah. And in, in my opinion, he is a, first ballot Hall of Fame player. Yeah. He's um you know two-time Super Bowl champion, uh six-time pro bowler, rookie of the year. He led the NFL in passing yards twice. Never had a losing season. Only quarterback to throw for 500 yards four times. Priest yeah. did it twice. Everyone else has only done it once if they've done it. Um and he's the only quarterback to throw six touchdowns in back-to-back games and 12 touchdowns is the most ever in a two-game span. Yeah, and yeah, just so, and so much of his game is beyond numbers too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's because some of I his passes, that. some of his passes, you know, will be on the stat sheet as a eighteen yard, you know, out or whatever. But like his, you know, there's so many plays that you don't see behind the line of scrimmage that he, you know, moved guys or he called the play or he audibled. I mean, obviously, or uh, he made three guys miss and. You know, made so many other things happen that just, you know, you you can't tell on a stat sheet when you're looking at some guy at the end of his career. Yeah, yeah. And that's something like you see, like, like you know, you know, for guys like us, like we, we've never seen the guys in the 80s or 70s play. So, like, you never know, like, who was really better to watch him play. Unfortunately, that's going to be, I, I think, the bull bends in. He's going to be like the Hall of Fame quarterback, but a low tier one because people just won't remember the kind of player he was because he wasn't you know, brought into the media as much or plus, you know, it seemed like he was never mainstreamed and like, he's going to finish his career eighth in passing touchdowns, fifth in passing yards and fifth in wins. And plus what, while he played, he played with Roth or he played with Brady and Manning and like kind of those guys that you see like that. Like if you compare him with other hall of fame quarterbacks, like Joe Namath, <laughs> Or, you know, and like, there's, there's a handful of guys that, like, in in there, like, uh, is he better than Jim Kelly? I kind of think so. Mm-hmm. And he- that's actually what I wanted to bring up, too, was, so he's played, this is his 18th year. Um, So we don't know what will happen this year, but, you know, up till 17 years, we'll say. Um, In his career so far, he's completed 17 years. And in that span, 15 out of 17 Super Bowls have featured Brady, Manning, or Ben, including eight in a row. Wow. 15 out of 17. So there was the Flacco year and then the uh, uh, Mahomes year where he beat the 49ers. 
only two years where one of those three men were not featured in a Super Bowl. And during those 17 years, the NFC had 12 different teams featured in a Super Bowl, including Tom Brady in one of them. Yeah. So when you think of it, to, to say it that way, he was playing in an era with the two best quarterbacks of all time in his conference, still played in three Super Bowls, made six Pro Bowls. And I mean, like I said, 12 different teams from the NFC during that time. So you can't say Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers were owning the NFC. Yeah. So if you put Ben Roethlisberger in the NFC during that span, I mean, there's a chance he, he you know, captures more Super Bowls. Yeah. You know, and um, it, it's just nuts to think that, um, you, you know, I, I think a lot of people like are like, oh, well, Brady and Manning, you know, that was no like these are the guys who are winning in the playoffs and they were the two best of all time to do it. Mm hmm. Like, you put him in a different, in the 90s, 80s, or even the NFC during this right. era. Like, I, I think that you see a different type of player. And it's, he's overlooked constantly because of Brady and Manning. He's the only quarterback to not have that last name and win multiple Super Bowls since 2000. Mm-hmm. That's, that's you know? crazy. And, yes. and, and, uh, jeez, well, I'm sorry. I forget what I was just about to say. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say since 2000, actually. So, the Steelers, Ravens, Chiefs, Colts, Patriots, or Bucks, that's six teams, have been featured in every Super Bowl. Last time one of those teams weren't in a Super Bowl, the uh, top song on the Billboard charts was I Knew I Loved You by Savage Garden. Oh, wow. And Stuart Little was the highest grossing film in the movie theaters. That's disgusting that that was ever... The highest grossing movie. <laughs> yeah, there's like uh, the Green Mile, you know, talented Mr. Ripley. That's what I was saying. The, like, that's what was popular the last time the Super Bowl didn't feature one of those teams. One of which ones? Steelers, Ravens, Chiefs, Patriots, Colts, or Bucks. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, Rams and Titans. Yeah. So even before like Madden, when people were still playing game day, <laughs> before the PS2, you know. Yeah. Speaking of which, Madden just died too. Yeah, yeah. He, um, right around that Christmas documentary too that came out, and all of a sudden, it's crazy just to see, like, he, he, he that documentary to me brought him back into the mainstream, and then he passed just immediately. And well, I think that's kind I'm of sure where they he timed would have it. Liked to have, um, you know, have gotten like some of the love from the documentary, but I mean, I guess it's just going to add to his legacy. Yeah. I, well, I think they played it because they knew he wasn't not lasting too much longer but he did he had such an impact with the video game i do think the video game he started later or earlier than than that because he had it uh when he was on the cover yeah yeah he was um i think during the 90s and 2000s he was covered until eddie george got it in 2001 yeah okay yeah he is definitely the first player on it but yeah just coaching and announcing and bringing the game to people via video game, via TV, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, like, his personality. I heard he was also ranked worst player to ever be on the cover besides Peyton Hillis. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Vince Young were about neck and neck. Uh, Peyton oh. Hillis, fuck it. Oh, I forgot about Vince Young. Vince Young's uh, a two-time Pro Bowler, worst player to ever do it. Is Vince Young worse than Peyton Hillis? 
Yes, yes. Peyton Hillis was one and done. Yeah, but do you, you think Peyton Hillis, you said Vince Young is a two-time Pro Bowler? Yes. So do you think Vince Young is better than Peyton Hillis? Yes. Okay. So you think yeah. Peyton Hillis is the worst? Yeah, yeah, without any doubt. Peyton okay. Hillis is the worst player to ever be on the cover of that. <laughs> okay. And he was a fullback. Peyton, Hill, Peyton Hillis was all right for like half a year in, in Denver, and then he went there. He That's because he just jumped over people and was the size of a mountain. Yeah, then he like fumbled it. He, he, he came and gone so quickly. Yeah. That was like that was one of like the the faux Cleveland rebuilds where they're like we're gonna be good again and then it's like nope nope yeah they're like we have a fullback at running back and Josh Cribbs at quarterback yeah <laughs> I like Josh Cribbs though I like him too he's um, a gadget player not a quarterback yeah. <laughs> well he he's doing what uh Cordero Patterson and uh, uh Debo Samuel are like. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Just the year Cordell Patterson had it with a position switch. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> I, dude, Debo Samuel impresses me every week, too. He's one of my but, favorite players. Yeah, yeah. He he plays both. Like I feel like he's still a wide receiver that plays right. But that's back. what I'm saying. Just the way that he plays is insane. Yeah, finally, like, I, you learn, too, like how I said, like a lot of guys draft the quarterback and develop around it instead of forcing your, you know, teams aren't drafting Kyler Murray to learn pocket presence like the way yeah. they used to do if they would take a shot on a guy like that now it's about developing around who you draft and uh you know i think that's what kyle shanahan's finally realizing with positions outside of the quarterback and uh you, you'll, you'll see it a little bit more frequently i've been moving forward but Debo's going to be the one that you know sets that because he's going to be the first one who's doing it at an all pro level yeah yeah, it's it's cool to see let's uh do you want to get back to some roethlisberger talk and then we'll make your picks yeah, sure. We can, uh, yeah, like I said, Roethlisberger to me too was, um, y- you know, it-, it was like the athlete that got me into football, into Pittsburgh football. And, um, you know, I- and like, I- I'm not upset, you know, I'm happy he didn't get hurt and had to retire. I'm not upset about any of that. I think it's, it's a good mutual time for him to go. And, um, I, I found, um, when I was doing some research today, some of the, uh, some of my favorite plays and moments from his career. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I want to say, too, when I was doing some of this, like, I, you tend to forget the younger era. Like, I, to me, I remember a lot of, you know, when the Killer Bees were there and after, when he was just launching balls downfield. But early in his career, like you were saying, he would expand plays. He was almost like a Russell Wilson in the sense that he would run behind the line to set up to throw. Now, he yeah. wasn't nearly as agile. But it was almost like it was almost like Steve McNair back there, you know, just like expanding plays and throwing the ball and making the most ridiculous throws downfield. I think behind the line of scrimmage, Steve McNair is not an on you know an inaccurate kind of because he's a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve McNair probably could run better, but uh, yeah, just doing that. But like he would just move around, shake off a tackle. And then, like, run forward, throw it, and it would just be ugly and then just find a way to hit Santonio Holmes. There was one play that they showed on a lot of highlight reels, and it was an incomplete pass where he shoveled the ball forward out of bounds. But the highlight wasn't that. It was the fact that he, like, stiff-armed Terrell Suggs and carried him, and like, 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Suggs is pulling on him, and he's just not coming off. Yeah. And, you know, Ben just standing up there and taking it, like, 
I mean, that's probably why he's not as, you know, at the level as Brady is right now. He took a lot of hits throughout his career, but that's, I mean, that's what made Ben great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I found, uh, seven plays that, um, I think are some of my favorite seven for Ben. Uh, these aren't necessarily the best plays. Um, but I think these are seven plays to me that, uh, stood out and remind me of Roethlisberger's career. All right. All right. Um, so the first one I wanted to say was, um, the third and 28 conversion he had in Super Bowl 40 to Heinz Ward. Um, yes. So they're down three, nothing at that point in the game. And, it's third and 28 and he buys time and it's an ugly looking ball. I think Ward makes a better play on it than Roethlisberger, but it sets him up in the goal line on the goal line. And that's when Ben ran in his uh, first touchdown of the Super Bowl, And that's uh, the play that put them in position to take the lead. All right. I, I, that was, I remember that Super Bowl. That mm-hmm. Obviously there was a lot of iffy calls that I think went in the Steelers favor, but yeah. I mean, I, that's kind of, of what I remember from it is, is everybody, even Holmgren, I think, after saying, oh, I didn't think we'd have to play the black and the gold and the white or black and white. Yeah, that, that, that's another, that's another <laughs> thing that I say to the, uh, the the Yinzer nation who I can't stand. But I, I will say, like, you know, of all of them, when they were like, the Super Bowl was rigged for Peyton Manning when he beat the Steelers in the playoffs. I was like, well, it was also rigged for Jerome Bettis. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Detroit. There, he's getting like a key to the city before the game. Like, I wonder who's gonna win. Eighty percent of the crowd Steeler fans, but hey, they, they pulled it out, so I'm not gonna complain. Number six or uh, <laughs> number two or I don't know. Yeah, which, well, which whatever order, order you're going. going in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another one that comes out to me is the uh, immaculate extension. The uh, AB. AB reaching over to beat Baltimore and take the division. Um, again, I think that's more of a play on AB than Ben. But again, just it, it showed. It reminded me of the the other one. He threw another game winner to Santonio Holmes against the Ravens. I remember on the goal line where he got the feed in. And it looked like he, it was funny because it was in front of the end zone, not to the side, and uh, it looked like he got the feed in, but not the ball across. And then when they reviewed it, he got the ball across. Yeah. Yeah, so to me, that play in the Immaculate Extension with A.B. are two of the uh, just, like, nail-biting plays with the Steelers and Ravens that I'll remember. You know what I think is why more people are, uh, like, invested in uh, Roethlisberger's entire retirement? Um, it's kind of, he's the last guy from, like, the Super Bowl. Like, that kind of cower, like, even the Heinz Ward, James Ferrier guys. Like, I'm not talking about the Cam Hayward and the Killer B era, like you're talking about. I'm saying from before that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the last he, guy. Yeah. He's the last guy in the league from that era, era, pretty much besides Brady, who played in it. But, like, you know, he's kind of the end of that. Like, those old, you know, Steelers-Ravens games with Ed Reed and, and Suggs and, and Ray Lewis and people like that against Ward and Troy Polamalu and, and Roethlisberger. Those were the best games. Yeah, I agree. And it's so funny because, like, at the time, you know, as a kid, I'm like, I hate the Ravens, I hate the Ravens. And then it's like, you just look back at the players from those games, both those teams, and, like, they're all being the Hall of Fame, a lot of them. And it's just, like, it's so cool to think about. And, like, you know, I didn't like them at the time, but, I mean, I respect so much of those guys from Baltimore's players. Yeah. I mean, you look back on those 70s Raiders, I think a lot of people in the area have respect for those guys, too, because of just the battles they fought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. How about, um? side note, I found out today... um. 
I don't think Roger Staubach has ever beaten the Steelers. In a game? In a game. Oh, wow. That's something we'll have to check the, out. On. Like, I don't know, I don't know if the, my source is wrong or, or what I was looking at, but, I mean, I, I don't know if he's ever beaten the Steelers. I can't imagine that being true without, like, it being very well known, but maybe. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, we'll, we'll check up on that. Yeah, play, uh, I guess, number three or five, whatever we're doing. Um, early, early Roethlisberger on 2007. I remember um, they're playing Cleveland, and they're trailing 21-16, to and it's third and 10. And he gets a go-ahead 30-yard rushing touchdown. What? I don't remember that one. Yeah, like, uh, it's, you know, like, I remember it was 07. I don't remember all the details, but... It was just like you didn't see a guy move like that that size at that time, yet alone, you know, busting a 30-yard run. Yeah. You know, shredding off some guys and getting them there. You know, it was just like it was the heart of a champion. And, like, you even saw it. And he, he came through the most in division games. Um, His AFC North record, including the playoffs, he's 70-24-1. and 24 and one. That's a 74% win percentage. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, it – doesn't get too much better than that divisionally. Right. I mean, 18 and 11 against Baltimore. He has another game against them this week. We'll see how that goes. But other than that, I mean, 26 and 10 against Cincy and 26, three and one against Cleveland. That's pretty insane. Mm-hmm. And not to mention his best stat of all, which we have mentioned, is he's the second all time winning quarterback behind Baker Mayfield in the Brown stadium. That's that will, that's always will be the best, which was also probably a record he set in like, the two thousand, like that whole Super Bowl bubble, we're talking about Brady and Manning. He was the all-time winning Browns quarterback. How long do you think before the next Browns quarterback passes Ben Roethlisberger for 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 wins in that stadium? Will uh, there ever year, be? Will they have an? <laughs> <Yeah, okay. laughs> no, um, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we'll see what Baker. How many I does mean, he have there? I, I, I don't. I don't know how many Baker has compared to Ben. No, I mean, how many does Ben have? Do you know? Um, well, if he has twenty six wins in total, he uh, he probably has. It's probably it would probably take a quarterback more than one season, right? Yeah, yeah. Unless like they somehow get like Aaron Rodgers or something. Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> but I'm saying if they they have to pick somebody up or draft somebody, I bet you it, it could be a lot longer than people think. So. I bet you Ben's number two in that stadium for at least the next 15 years. Yeah, it's, it's very possible. <laughs> um, Nick Chubb, too. I think his contract's coming up. I was just thinking, I, I think he should go to Buffalo, in my opinion. Oh, that could be nice for them. That would just be the perfect fit, I think, ideally. And I'd love to get him out of the AFC North. <laughs> all right, let's go to... <laughs> Even uh, though the Browns didn't play him last night. <laughs> uh, you... it all. all right. Yes. Uh, for number four? Either number way, four. it's number four. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number four. Um, They lost this game, so I wouldn't... So it's, you know, I, I hate to put a game where you lose on it, but his fake spike touchdown pass Antonio Brown against Dallas is one of the best fake spikes in the history of the game. And you could argue it's the best one other than the Marino one. And the Marino one basically gets it because of nostalgia and because... He was the first one to do it. Yeah. But I think execution-wise, like, Ben and A.B. were on the same page. And it was he hit him, like, right it. in the back before going out of the end zone, right? What was that? He hit him, like, right in the back of the end zone? Yeah, yeah. He just beat his guy. It was nothing. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, 
Yeah, I remember it was Dak and Zeke's rookie year, and then Elliott went like untouched and had like almost 200 yards, I think, just exploded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back when AB was, you know, closed. Keep them closed on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. And uh, I don't know, this is a uh, recent Roethlisberger. And I'm cheating because it's, it's uh, A and B, so it's like two two in play. Ironically enough, it's the reason why AB left too. So I'm going to say his 99-yard touchdown to Juju against Detroit and 97-yarder to Juju against Denver in the same season. Okay. I believe they were the same year. It's just two balls where Juju's running, you know, that um, seam. And Ben just places it right behind the defender in front of the safety, and Juju just takes them both to the house. I think because Ben doesn't have the prettiest throwing motion and the ball doesn't come out as a super tight spiral all the time, he gets overlooked as well. He puts the ball in the place that it needs to be. Even earlier this year, he put the ball right on Fryermuth and, and against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I mean, Harrison yeah. Smith kind of chopped it out, but, I mean, the ball placement with all this stuff going around, he's always been able to do that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree, and I think his, his deep ball, especially when they started getting the, those guys, uh, A.B. and Bryant and all them guys, really when he developed into, you know, I, I think a, a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback rather than a game manager type, even though he was winning Super Bowls, but he was kind of plagued as a game manager that won games but didn't put up numbers early on. And then when they got, uh, you know, Juju to go with, I mean, Juju was a great, number two when they had AB. I'm incredibly critical of him now, and I, I, I don't like him. I don't think they should keep him, but there's a span there where I, I was I was a big fan, and I think that Roethlisberger, when that year, Juju's rookie year is the year that they could have won another Super Bowl until they met Blake Bortles. <laughs> <laughs> that old story. Uh, uh, Tom Brady's been there. We've all seen it. There are. There's, I think... Uh, and, you know, we talk about highlights of them, but there's definitely some low lights with uh, some of these quarterbacks they've lost to in playoff games. Not that it's Roethlisberger's fault, but just, uh, you know, some of the Jaguars teams that they lost to. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you know the only two quarterbacks, by the way, Tom Brady has a losing record against in his career, I believe. And, and uh, it's like a minimum of a few games. So it's I was like going to say, okay. You know, um, I, I think he's 0-3 against one of them, and he's like 5-3. and three Is David Garrard one because we mentioned the Jaguars? No, no not Garrard. So he's 0-3 against somebody, and he's 3-5 and five against the other, I believe. Okay, 3-5 and five is a pretty good number. I mean, you'd have to play him eight times. Um, I'll say he has a losing record. Are, are they both still active? No, or? they're both retired. Okay. Tony Romo? No. Okay. Um, and then there's probably somebody super. So, uh, Philip Rivers. Nope. Oh. All right. So the three and five is Drew Brees. Uh, okay. And Owen three is Jake Plummer. Oh my God. I was going to say Jake, Jake Cutler. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I thought you were going to say it. Jake Plummer. Jake Plummer's yeah. three and oh. Three and oh, including a playoff win. Dude, Jake, Jake Plummer is a lot better than people remember. Jake Plummer was cool. Yeah, he was very good at the end of his career was the thing. And then they made the FC title game and lost, and he got traded and quit because he got traded. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of do remember that. He was with the Cardinals, and then when he was with Denver, he was good. 
He was. He was a game away from probably beating the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. I remember hearing on like the, the the bus ride to school after he was traded. I don't know if this is true or if they're just trying to be funny on the radio, but I think they said that when Tampa Bay got him in that trade and he retired, they like tried reaching out to him to come back. And I heard he responded by sending them like a cassette of you can't always get what you want by the Rolling Stones. <laughs> A cassette in like 2008. I don't know if that's true. But it's funny. Uh, okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll look we'll look for that. We'll look for that in Roger Staubach's record against Pittsburgh. <laughs> All right, and then what? You have one more? Okay. Uh, two more. Oh, two more. Um, yeah, uh, I always remember that the game-winning throw against Green Bay that he hit Mike Wallace in the back. Yeah. That's yeah, always what I think. Well, that's number two to the one that I always think about, obviously. But that play with no time left was a dime. Yeah, and that's the play that I always like remember when it comes to like non-playoff Roethlisberger. Yeah. Because I, I remember, I think it was the year after, or a couple years after Green Bay beat them in the Super Bowl, and uh, they, they, I believe they score a touchdown and make the two-point conversion, but that only put them up six to force them to kick the extra point, and that's when Wallace was playing some of the best ball of his career, and Ben just put it right on the money. It was a great route, perfect comeback, and he like threw it out of bounds too. Yeah, yeah, and Wallace made the per- he kept the feet in bounds, adjusted, and you know Wallace. And that's what I'm talking about ball. with perfect ball placement with things. Mm-hmm. Wallace was a deep threat, even though that was like a 30 yard touchdown. It wasn't you know a seam; it was like a comeback, and it was a laser, and he run, he railed it in, and I mean they won by a point. And let's get to number one. Uh, n- number one to me, the play that will always be remembered has to be the touchdown to San Antonio Holmes in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That, that is the most underappreciated throw in the history of football. There are three Cardinals where San Antonio Holmes is, and that ball is placed perfectly. It is, and, and that's what I was talking about with, with the previous one. Mm-hmm. It's just that's he's done that consistently that people don't really, you know, give him the respect for. I mean, uh, it, like, I, it, and it's in the in the key moments, there are times where, you know, he sails the ball for an interception. But when it's, you know, 10 seconds left and you need a touchdown, his placement is better than anyone's I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's he used to be so clutch, like throwing off defenders. And then that, that drive to me, I, I've seen that drive like 100 times. It's just. To me, it is the perfect drive in football. Like, if you're a kid and you want to play quarterback and you can pick one drive in the history of the game to be that quarterback, to me, it is that drive. Yeah, he was in complete control. Yeah, and uh, I saw today, too, um, Bruce Arians got – well, this wasn't a new interview, but I saw him get interviewed about that drive. And Nate Washington had, like, a displaced shoulder or something – and Heinz Ward's knee was injured too, and people don't know that because they were both on the field that entire drive as decoys. Oh wow! Oh, that would make sense why they threw it to San Antonio Holmes on every yeah, single play. Yeah, Arians told Ben to throw it at Miller and Holmes if he could, and uh, yeah, Washington had one catch, and Holmes mm-hmm. had everything else on the drive. It was Holmes just- actually dropped one that was easier the play before. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he went to the other corner and it went right through his hands. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he missed. It would have been a tough, tough one, but, uh, yeah. It was easier than the catch he made. That catch that he made is insane. He's absolutely as stretched out as a human being can be. 
and mm-hmm. just the concentration to catch a ball that's like behind someone's hand that mm-hmm. hits you there for the win. Was that fourth down? No, but or it was, was it third? Fourth, it was second down, but it was for the win. Oh, okay. For the lead. There's still like 30 seconds or so, oh, but Yeah, um, and then the Cardinals got the ball back. I remember Brett Kiesel like forcing a fumble or something or hit yeah. Warner. Mm-hmm. So on that play, it's designed all the Steelers are running the other way, and the goal was to hit I think the tailback and the flatter Heinz Ward on the goal line on like a hook or something. Um Arians was saying. But I guess the play like fell apart. And you could see even on the corner route, it's it's his like last read. Holmes is like standing there because like he has nowhere else to run. So he's not accelerating to where he needs to be. And Ben just heaves it into that triple coverage and the ball is placed perfectly. And Holmes is able just to stomp the feet and may adjust to the ball over the three defenders. Arians said he read it. He was like, oh, you saw it. And was like, oh my God, this is intercepted. Yeah. And it, it just, I think it's you know, Aaron Holmes Francisca. gets the toes and he's pushed and he holds on to the ball. He positions his body so like his back or his sides hit in the ground. He could hold on to the ball and maintain control through the, you know, through the ground. And it, it, it's a great catch, but even a, a better throw, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what that's what they say. You can't defend that perfect pass. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I, I think Ben just probably deserved MVP in that game, but I, I don't see an issue with Holmes winning it. He he did just go like he took the game over on that drive, and you can see on, in the mic'd up version, Holmes is like saying before the drive, "Give me the football, I want it." And yeah. Arian said Ben wanted he wanted the ball in his hands too. So like yeah. it was it, it was nuts. It was the the, the best I, I've best drive. Like I said, I, I think I've seen. That's one of the best Super Bowls I've ever watched, too. Just for entertainment value for anybody watching. With mm-hmm. Larry Fitzgerald's deep touchdown, they had James Harrison taking it back uh, 100 yards pretty much before the before halftime. Yeah, there are plenty of great plays in that game. The James Harrison pick six is only not the best play in Super Bowl history, arguably because, like, San Antonio Holmes won it, you know? Yeah. I, I think the Harrison pick six is like a better play, but because that's the, you, you know, it's David Tyree's catch is the better play, but Plexico Burst catching the touchdown is why it's the good play. Right. right. You know, so I, I kind of get, get in that way because I'm telling you, if you're setting the gambling line and James Harrison returns that pick six and you bet before that play, that line shifts. Yeah. Like significantly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a 10 point play right there. Well, speaking of, of, of odds, did you want to get into some picks? Yes. All right. Let's All right. get into some of that then. All right. All right. So. And and uh, very good uh, Roethlisberger breakdown. You know, it is. Mm-hmm. It's the end of an era. So uh, the one thing I, I think, I'm optimistic uh, about uh, is Najee Harris going forward. I'm sorry. I didn't hear what you said. The one thing that I'm very optimistic about going forward is, you know, it's kind of the end of a new thing. I'm excited for the beginning, and we've seen it this year, of Najee Harris. And you know what? It's, I think Najee's um, – he, he's great. I mean, look at what he did this week. He power football 100 – what was it, 188 he had on the ground? I believe um, so. A game-sealing touchdown for Ben. It was – he's going to be a great running back in this league. He um, has the most touches in the league. Uh, knock on wood on this, but he has not fumbled yet. 
Um, and that's a big deal for running back if you're not turning the ball over. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. Also, um, you know, he, he's an old school. Deontay Johnson back. said, hold this for me. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing I want to say, in addition to that, um, I mean, Dan Moore played a great game this week against uh, Miles Garrett. O-line's young. They're not good, but they should only get better as a unit. I'm excited, too, for the, you know, I talk a lot on the receivers, but they're young and Ben's aged. You know, maybe they get a better quarterback in there. Maybe we see better play out of Claypool and Juju. I, I like what they have in Fryermuth and Johnson and uh, Najee. You know, they have a young team. If they can find a quarterback I, who can win you the game rather than manage it, I, I, I think that they have a shot moving forward. I agree. Ben, it's, it's, it's just not enough to keep up with what they have in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you have to beat your, the teams in your division if you really want to make the playoffs and, and go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Let's get into some of these picks, then. Okay. Number one. This is a big spread for Week 17 game, and one thing is a lot of these picks you may want to wait in the week because I don't know who's playing their starters and who is not playing their starters. Yeah. Um, but at this moment, I'm going to take Kansas City's on Saturday. Minus 10 against Denver. Um, Kansas City, to me, is um, they want that one seed, even though Tennessee's got it. I I think they want it. Um, They're they're, um, the the hottest team in the league as of the past few weeks leading up to that loss against uh, the Bengals. And uh, I think they're back in the rhythm. I think 10 points is a big spread, but... Look, Denver's averaged 12 points per game in the last three games. Drew Locks under center with Bridgewater being hurt. Uh, Locks 0-3 in his career against Kansas City, 8-12 in general. KC has scored 30-plus in their last four. Mahomes, how about that Bengals win over Mahomes was his first ever regular season loss in November, December, or January. That is insane. Uh, the only, uh, well, yeah, January's in the playoffs, so his only other loss in any of those months was the AFC title game against Brady, where Mahomes never even had a shot in OT to possess the football. Yeah. So he has two losses ever in that those three months. So, I mean, they're, they're a late-season team, and uh, I, I like them by 10. Like I said, the big one to see is Denver's averaging 12 points a game in their last three, and Casey in the last four has scored over 30 in each. Yeah, and I think, like you said, Kansas City's probably going to want to try to get that by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Denver doesn't really have anything to play for other than spoiler at this point. Kansas City, you know, Chris Jones is back. Um, Clyde Edwards-Lair may be back. Um, they're, they're just a better team. Yeah. All right. Number two. We're going to stay in the division. Um, Monday or Sunday night, last game of the year, Chargers minus two and a half against Vegas. I'm taking the Chargers. It seems every week I'm picking both these teams, but it's because their spreads are usually pretty favorable. Um, Vegas is like hit and miss, just like the Chargers, but when Vegas misses, they seem to miss much heavier than the Chargers, and they seem to hit much less frequently. Yeah. Um, But uh, Herbert just set the single-season pass touchdown records with 35 for the Chargers. Um, That, That surprises me that Rivers never hit that, or Breeze. Yeah, or even, or did Fouts hold it? Oh, I would, I would yeah, assume if Fouts he had. held it, yeah, then Herbert beat Fouts, I believe. Okay. Yeah, so 35 for Rivers, you would think he would have beaten. I could see Breeze, maybe not, because it was 
early just well, yeah, through, before but... Breeze was Breeze. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm surprised Rivers never hit 35. Yeah, that that's strange yeah. to me, especially with as much as he passes and with, you know, having some of those guys, Keenan Allen, uh, Antonio Gates, and guys like that throughout Gates, his career. Uh, Vincent Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, they had a pretty solid team. Um, but yeah, uh, he's done that. Chargers are third in the NFL in total touchdowns, and Vegas is in the bottom 10 in that stat. Um, and, and since um, the week eight bye that the Raiders had, They've only scored at least 20 points in two out of nine of those games, and the Chargers have scored less than 20 only three times all season. I think there's more upside here. I think they're a better team, and um, I, I think two and a half is a very favorable spread. Get them by a field goal. Yeah, definitely. You, you like seeing that under three. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, uh, well, I'm at it. before I forget, I saw um, uh, Abram, the safety on Vegas. Yeah. Um, He's second in the NFL in tackles among safeties, and I saw uh, Micah Fitzpatrick's actually number one. Well, I mean, that is one of those, like, things that's, like, it's not a good sign. Like, it's good to have your, your right. guys, he, he, but you don't want to see He's safety. not Cam Chancellor or John Lynch just running up and knocking people out. Yeah. He's basically what Ryan Clark said. He's a fifth linebacker. All right. All right. Number three. All right, we're going to swing uh, divisions here, but we're going to take Minnesota at home, minus two and a half against Chicago. Um, Basically, I, I know Minnesota's done. They don't really have anything to play for, but Cousins is still coming back. Um, They're a better team than the Bears, and again, a two and a half point spread. Um, The first meeting, which was only three weeks ago, listen to this. Bears outplayed them significantly. 370 yards total for Chicago to Minnesota's 193. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bears out through them, 255 passing yards, just 61 from Cousins. Oh, wow. They had 5.3 yards of play. Vikings had 3.2. They had 24 I... first downs versus 13. And uh, Chicago punted three times, and the Vikings punted seven times. I believe I had uh, Kirk Cousins as my fantasy quarterback. That week, because uh, <laughs> Tyler Murray was not playing, or something like that. Having said all of that, Vikings still won seventeen to nine. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, and now Cousins is back from COVID. How? You're the yeah. turnovers. What are the turnovers? Or time of possession? Did they just run the? That doesn't even make sense. How do you have sixty-one passing yards and lose and win? Unless right, you're. Yeah, it... <laughs> Um, You're like Navy. <laughs> yeah, we're running like the option. Yeah. The wishbone <laughs> <triple off>. option. <laughs> no, um, uh, time of possession was about even. Uh-huh. Um, and the Vikings threw one interception. Uh, Bears <gasps> did lose three fumbles, though. Yeah, that has to be the story. When you see lopsided things like that, and then, you know, the numbers don't add up, it, it typically is turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I mean, even with everything going Chicago's way, Minnesota still won that game by eight points. I like them by a field goal at least. And Bears um, in the past three weeks have been the third most penalized team. They're tied for second in giveaways and sacks allowed all year. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think whoever's playing quarterback, whether it's Fields or Dalton, they're going to struggle against the Vikings. Um, Vikings are hurt up front on the D-line, but I still like them to get pressure on whoever's playing quarterback. And uh, Justin Jefferson has been the highest-graded player by PFF versus single coverage all year. He's going to be a matchup nightmare, and I, I like uh, K.J. Osborne as a uh, second option. All right. Number four. Number four. Um, again, we're going to stay in the same division. This is a this is a game I like a lot. Green Bay is minus two and a half against Detroit. JP, are all the all are geez, sorry, are all the final weeks are they divisional games? Uh, yeah. Okay. Across the NFL, they started to do that. I think that's a smart idea. Uh, I do too. I. I it makes the games more competitive. It makes every week competitive. Too. Yeah, that makes it more and more often than not, these the division games are what will put a team mm-hmm. in the playoffs or not, or be a tiebreaker. You know, there's a lot riding on divisional games. So waiting it for the end of the end of the year, it probably keeps more teams uh, interested. Or you yeah, have a chance yeah. to knock out your rival. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Not only do you want to, like, get in and you might be close, but even a team, like like I said, like Jacksonville, they may just want to play spoiler to the Colts. Right. Yeah, because a lot of it's And you can never, I mean, I don't think Jacksonville will beat the Colts, and I do think if the Colts make the playoffs, they're going to win a game or two. Um, But divisional games are so up in the air. Like, I could see just, uh, well, you know, what if Jonathan Taylor, you know, I mean, shit happens. In games, people get hurt. Plus, people turn the ball over. Um, yeah, another fact, too. Um, Jacksonville has beaten the Colts six times in a row in Jacksonville. Oh, wow. Are they in Jacksonville? Yes. Um, what is the spread said, on that? Uh, Steelers also haven't won on the road since Halloween. <laughs> so it's also, yeah. Um, but then again, too, like Jacksonville's also never had Urban Meyer. Colts never had Jonathan Taylor. They're two different. What What do you think, and this would be very Steelers, if Jacksonville wins and the Steelers lose? Yeah, that, that's, I feel like that might be more likely than vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm kind of hoping for is a Steeler win, a Colt loss, but a Raider Charger tie. <laughs> What's your take on that? As far as, because there's people talking like, why don't they just tie each other and both make the playoffs? It's not a bad idea. I, I didn't consider it from that angle. Like, <laughs> why not just tie each other? You guys both make it and then, you know, I mean, from what? Well, that, that's probably what the team that doesn't have to play Kansas City is saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just both talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's one that's like one of them's against the one or the two seed and one of them's against the six seed. <laughs> yeah. Cause but I'm sure. I wouldn't want to play the Colts. So, like, I mean, knocking them out would actually be a smart idea on their part. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like Green Bay this week. They've already said they're going to play their guys. Um, what's their reasoning that for that? The just game. to not get rusty. What's that? Hey, what's the reasoning for that? Just to not get rusty? Do you think? I guess so. Well, also like Bakhtiari's back, Alexander's back, but um, yeah, here they should be back. I think like because they haven't played in weeks. Like I, I, I understand you want to get them like football. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. You don't want their first action to be the you know divisional round of the playoffs. Right. Um, and it could just be to rust. I mean. You see it all the time, rust versus rest. Like, what do you do? I guess they're going to play their guys. Um, 
I could also see Rogers is probably like after seeing the ovation Roethlisberger got, he was probably like, well, this is my last time in Green Bay. The Lions fans should want to honor me too. (laughs) (laughs) I could see him being like, you know what? This is going to be my last game in Green Bay. I'm going to throw for six touchdowns. You know what? I, I thought earlier this season, there's no way I could like Aaron Rodgers. I was wrong. (laughs) <laughs> I, I could totally see him being like, this might be my last game in Green Bay. I see a vulnerable op- opponent with two wins. I'm just going to do what I can. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, no, he is 18-5 and five in his career against Detroit. And in that... I can't believe he lost games, five times to Detroit. <laughs> probably early in his career. I don't, I don't that, no, that just surprises me because, like, there's yeah. definitely never been a day where Detroit was better than the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they they won their last six meetings, and in the those twenty three total games, he's thrown only eight interceptions to fifty touchdowns. Yeah. Um. Like, like I said, uh, Bakhtiari and Alexander are expected to play this week, and uh, Lions just in general have have a young secondary. Um, they've allowed the eighth most pass yards and the sixth most passing touchdowns all year, and they're tied for seventh in fewest interceptions. So uh, I think if Rodgers is going to play. He's going to have himself a day against this defense. JP, let me ask you kind of a random question because we were talking with Detroit. If you were a, a top draft pick, okay, mm-hmm. what city do you hope – what is the last city you hope you get drafted to based on how good the team is and location? Detroit has to be near the top. Yeah, I would say Detroit has been a failure of an organization, but uh, Jacksonville is an even worse organization reign, but Jacksonville is so much nicer than Detroit. Yeah, so like that's stuff you have to factor in. Yeah, Jet, Jets would suck too because then you have the New York media breathing down your throat. But you're also probably around, you know, decent areas, decent restaurants. Yeah, what about uh, these, the Browns though? Like we're pretending they're good because they were okay this. Year. Oh no, I'm not. Uh, they're uh, they're up there. Uh, I would rather live in Cleveland than Detroit. I think Detroit is probably the last place. I'd, yeah, I'd you, you be. could argue Detroit or e- even the Texans. And then just their uniforms, just like being there. Like I would hate being part of Detroit. Yeah, everything about Detroit does suck. <laughs> you know, no, not to mention like Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson both left before they were like thirty. Yeah. <laughs> Like like uh, Washington is an awful organization, but at least you're in D.C. and there's some stuff to do, you know. There's they have stuff. some historic value, too, whereas, like, Detroit doesn't. But, like, if the Packers had a garbage team, like, I don't know how much I'd want to live in Green Bay. Right. That, it's tough for them to get free agents because of that. Yeah. <laughs> I think Detroit's still number one. Yeah. I, I, I would probably agree, actually, Detroit number one. <laughs> Number five. Last pick. Believe it or not, I'm actually going to take the Steelers this week. Oh, I thought you might. Plus three and a half against Baltimore. Um, I don't like that it's on the road. Um, Steelers could very easily disappoint this week. But uh, I, I like it. I, I think uh, for Roethlisberger's final game against this team, he he wants to do it, and the guys want to do it for him. Um, still, three and a half is a, a nice spread for teams that are evenly matched um there's still no lamar jackson which means tyler huntley's there who's one in three is a starter even though his numbers haven't been you know horrible he's played pretty pretty decent Mm -hmm. um 
But but here's why I like the pick. It's not because it's a Pittsburgh versus Baltimore thing or because it's a Ben's game. It's Ravens have allowed the most sacks in the NFL. The Steelers lead the NFL in sacks. Uh, TJ Watt had three and a half in the first time they played. Um, he has nine total sacks in his career against the Ravens. Um, Speaking of nine sacks, they had nine sacks against uh, against the Browns last week. Yeah, that was incredible. That's insane. TJ Watt was like intimidating Baker Mayfield, pointing at him, smiling at him. Like it, it was a <laughs> side that I haven't seen from anybody, and I, I really liked it. It seemed like a little old school in a way. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was like a bit of a swagger and an intimidation that was cool to see from somebody, yeah. finally. Um, I, I, TJ Watt and the Steelers, you know, I think Highsmith's played well. Cam Hayward even had a sack last week. He's playing well. I think if they, Steelers D has wrecked a few games this year, and I think they are capable of wrecking this one for Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, for I, sure. I mean, um, they get a turnover or something. I mean, this could this be the the week Minka gets a pick six? Not too much. Like Huntley's a young quarterback, and like these are physical games between Baltimore and Pittsburgh every year. He's never played in one. Like it's going to be a wake up call. Yeah, if TJ Watt can stay healthy, I I forgot that Villanueva was was with the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I uh, TJ Watt might get eight sacks in this game. Mm-hmm. And Jackson's also leading their team in rushing, so him not being there is going to be. Yeah. You know, they don't have the power backs like Mark uh, Ingram or the guys they've had in the past. I feel like so. the Steelers have always had success sacking the Ravens, even with, like, Lamar Jackson, people who are elusive. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like they'll they'll bust off a huge run, but they'll also run around in the pocket and, like, run into a sack. Yeah, yeah. That, like, they got Chris Wormley gets. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, 31% percent of the Ravens' past yards as a team, regardless of who's playing quarterback, has gone to Mark Andrews. Yeah. 55% of their past yards have gone to Andrews or Hollywood Brown. So I th- I think you just need to key in on, if Hayden's back, let him play Hollywood, and then have a couple guys on Andrews. Andrews is the guy they go to because he's a safety blanket. If you make Baltimore throw to somebody else consistently, they get uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, I would even maybe have. I mean, we know that the linebackers can't, you know, cover consistently well. Maybe keep uh, a safety over top of there. Keep one on. Just mm-hmm. keep your eye on him. Exactly. Make somebody else beat you. Yeah, that's that's what you gotta do. And Andrews is explosive at times, but if you take him out, what what should the Patriots do? What you do best, they eliminate. What does Baltimore do best without Lamar? It's going to be going to him and running the football. Just watch him and stop the run. Well, we will see what happens. So, JP, can you run down the picks one more time? Yes. So, um, you know, very um, AFC West and um, NFC North friendly this week. Yes. We we got uh, Kansas City minus 10 against Denver. Uh, Chargers minus two and a half against the Raiders, um, Minnesota minus two and a half against Chicago, Green Bay minus two and a half against Detroit, and I like the Steelers plus three and a half against the Ravens. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. JP's picks <laughs> the final, the final pick of uh, of the season. Yeah, yeah, and some definitely uh, keep an eye on for um. 
uh, you know, throughout the week, because you never know. They could be like, hey, so-and-so's not playing, so keep an eye out if you're going to place any bets. All right. JP, thank you. Anything you'd like to end with? Um, also, uh, an, an, another bet I noticed, if you want to look at uh, the, the awards, um, season awards, um, I, I, I found a, a bet that I really like. So you can parlay the winners to basically everything. Okay. And a couple of the options had, uh, I think all the awards are pretty much wrapped up, except comeback player of the year. It could be Joe Burrow or Dak Prescott. I think Burrow's having a better year, but Dak's coming back from like, it, Dak's been a heavy favorite all year. I guess maybe the more significance of the injury, but basically they have a parlay where you're getting like Aaron Rodgers as the MVP, TJ Wallace defensive player of the year. You know, everything that we all think is going to happen, but comeback player of the year, they have one with Dak and one with Burrow. Now, that's two bets. So I would bet on both of them, actually. If the first one hits, uh, it's plus 250 odds. So if you place a bet on both, and the underdog, or you know the one, one with the last payout wins, you still win 50. And if the other one wins, you would win 100 because it's plus 300. So, you know, if you bet a total of 200 bucks, 100 on each bet, and Dak wins, you'll come out with a total of 50 bucks. And if Burrow wins, you'll come out with a total of, a, you know, 100 bucks or right. however much you bet. And I think it's pretty much a guarantee because I don't see any surprises for any awards except potentially that one's up in the air between those two. Are they they're uh, pretty consistent with, with that? Who Who is the, the ruling body when we find out about the awards? Uh, what was that? Who's the what? Who who like gives the awards away? The NFL. Yeah, yeah, NFL. I believe they do okay. like the day before the Super Bowl. It, okay, that's when it was when they do that award show, like mm-hmm. that. The, the I can't remember what it's called, NFL Honors or whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, so you can just pick those three. You don't have to pick. You know. Rookie of the year. Well, no, no, that was all factored in, but I think every award at this point is basically a lock. Oh, really? In my opinion. I'll, uh, n- next week, I'll get into my picks for every award, and I will get into, I did my seven Ben plays. I'll do my top five Roethlisberger moments. To- sure, we'll do that next week then, when he's officially, well, maybe not officially done, but we have, st- we have some stuff for next week. We're already at almost an hour and 20 minutes, so we're going to wrap this one up. But, JP, thank you for the time. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I, I would heavily encourage everyone to uh, uh, keep your shirts on if you're going to play football. If you're going to um, shirts get versus taken out skins. of a football game, make sure just to walk off the field and leave. <laughs> if, you're, um, if you're potentially getting an incentive, maybe find a way to, you know, work on that appropriately. <laughs> If you have the best quarterback of all time as your quarterback and you're about to go to the playoffs, maybe don't act out till the off season. <laughs> that one, uh, that like maybe get a real vaccination card. Like why? Like this is what you do, man. You're in a position that any like so many people would want. Like if you ask most receivers on the team, you're the wide receiver for Tom Brady on a very potent Buccaneers team. The, the, the funniest part about the whole thing is that they only took him back after the fake vaccine card because they had so many injuries to the point they were desperate to get him back. But you could tell, like, Arians didn't want him. I'm sure the majority of the players didn't want him. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, whatever, he's back. And he has a good game, you know, the week before. So they're like, whatever, AB's back. Maybe we'll get him for a push. <laughs> 
And then like that obviously just like set everybody off. Could you imagine if you were... No, no, it's time to go. (laughs) Could you imagine if you were just like one of the defensive players on the field when he's like running off and you just see that and you're like... I heard like security thought it was a fan at first. And then they're like, no, that's Antonio Brown. Yeah. He is, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I heard, yeah, I've heard like multiple stories. Like it was over incentives and it was over like an ankle injury. Like I've heard multiple stories. Well, yeah, I heard it was over incentives and they wouldn't play him. Like... But it was also like they tried to get him in, and they said he was hurt and he wouldn't go in. Like, isn't AB saying that he was hurt? Then how would it be over incentives if they were trying to play him? Right. Like, I have no idea. Like, oh. none of it makes sense to me. No, and I'm gonna believe the side of the story that didn't come from Antonio Brown. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't. Have yeah, like I heard like OJ long. Howard and Mike Evans were trying to calm him down, and he just like went off. <laughs> I don't know. I that whole team has to just be like, just leave now. Well, the funny part was, so that game wasn't even on TV, but I was, like, streaming it uh-huh. um, because, you know, I, I had my fantasy finals, and I had, um, I think I had somebody, I had Gronk in that game, and I was watching it for Gronk, and uh, I was, like, watching TV and my laptop at the same time, and I'm watching the game on my TV, and then I moved to the computer for a split second, and I'm like, there's a guy with his shirt off, and that's definitely Antonio Brown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> and uh, apparently he also told Brady, he was like, oh, so you're going back to your boy Gronk. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was mad. <laughs> he was I could absolutely him. see him coming out and being, like, twisting just some, like, maniacal story that never happened. And you know they were down by, like, two possessions, and Brady being Brady is probably, like, trying to find a way to come back, and all of a sudden it's like, that's, like, the last thing you could say. Because uh, he's, like, pretty vocal. It's like, you could say stuff to me on Monday or whatever, but if you do it in the heat of the moment, I'm going to, like, flip out. Like, yeah. I know how to win. Wow. <laughs> I guess I'm just saying going back to Gronk is, like, the worst thing you could have said. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a, I don't know, he's something. Yeah, he would be the third biggest idiot among the Steelers receivers who are there today. <laughs> uh, hey, man. Deontay. Uh, man. Team Deontay. Team Deontay. Uh, we need to get Case Keenum, Keenum in here with Deontay. If we could get Case Keenum in here with Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, and uh, Najee Harris, oh, I'd be I'd be cool with that. I, I think it'd be so funny to get like James Washington and Deontay Johnson. We could be like be like you guys are our two favorite receivers on the Steelers we'd be like Deontay you're a great player and James you just don't do stupid stuff (laughs) (laughs) all right let's wrap this up JP but thank you everybody uh click through cool uh you know click through our Instagram our Facebook like us subscribe to everything so uh do that we have Jeff Fieldhouse coming on next week uh we have a lot of comedians coming on and we have uh Iron City Paranormal should be stopping back in sometime in the next month or so, too. So um, listen to all that. We had Chandler Klein on yesterday. Mike Travers was supposed to come in, uh, but I guess he was doing stand-up in Cincinnati and was in close contact with a COVID person. So he was negative, but we didn't find out until today. Um, so, you know, we're going to reschedule with him. So if you're a Mike Travers fan, definitely keep listening. Uh, check out for him. Um, also, one more thing I want to say: Baker Mayfield's been shut down for the year. Case Keenum, front runner to start week eighteen. Oh, oh, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh. Must see football. We're excited to see it. I, I love to Burrow see. and Case Keenum. That's that. We're breaking. We're breaking that back up. 
But what, once, like Burrow threw for nine hundred in the past two games. Cam's gonna do it just this in this one game. We'll show how it's done. We'll have as many yards as years as he had in college. All right, JP. Thank you for the time. Uh everybody, thank you for listening. Uh somebody's trying to call me. Apparently it's incessant. So um I think it's a uh a dial call. So uh everybody, thank you for listening. And uh for JP. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. Play to win the game.